It is the ACC tailgate. Lawton Swan, Ingram Smith, hanging out with you here on a Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock. We're live Wednesdays and Sundays at 7 o'clock. Ingram, man, back off of the sidelines. He was he was uh, banged up for the third episode, but he's back with us. Ingram, man, hope you're doing good. Oh, yeah, doing well, and uh, glad that our audience got to hear from you and, and Chris and uh Excited to be able to talk about uh, at least some formality in the scheduling tonight. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see whether or not all these games come to fruition or uh, what it looks like. But the ACC has stepped out there with a, um, a you know, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll be fascinated to hear your opinion of it. I, I certainly think it's aggressive and uh, it'll be fascinating to see if they can pull it off. The biggest thing that my first takeaway is you see Notre Dame there participating in a full conference schedule. Uh, it looks like the ACC schools will get a portion of their payout, which it looks like they uh, – I don't want to present these as the most accurate up-to-date numbers, but it looks like they get paid out about $16 million a year with the NBC deal, so that would be an extra million or so for each ACC team based off that uh, individual part of the revenue stream. So uh, it'll be fascinating to see. There's some reports out there that the SEC may be looking at going at an all-conference uh, schedule exclusive and see how that would impact some of the games that we've talked about previously, whether it be Louisville, Kentucky, Florida State, Florida, et cetera. Uh, but uh, an interesting show in, in front of our listeners here, I believe, because we do have a real hard schedule to talk about and uh, we can start to talk about maybe even real life football games. Yeah, I think first and foremost, the biggest thing for me was the standpoint of if you had polled me on Thursday a week ago, how I feel about what we were going to see from the college football, you know, from the college football community, I would just say, man, I think we're really doing well right now. I mean, you know, Clemson, especially in their case, had had nobody in lockdown, nobody, no COVID-19 cases. Major League Baseball was getting started. I had a lot of really good vibes going into the weekend. And then the Miami Marlins happened, and all of a sudden you backstep. And then as the rumblings began early Tuesday morning, maybe late Monday evening, uh, about the possibilities that the Atlantic Coast Conference Board of Governors may not come to a resolution today, that we might not have the information that we have. And I think it was Heather Dennis that said, look, what, what could come out of this is nothing conclusively. I really got hesitant that they had to really evaluate and to, to keep in their mind's eye the entire time they're talking. And I'm, certainly, I'm certain they did this about what happened with Major League Baseball and how best to avoid it. I'm with you. This schedule, 10 games, five home, five away in conference with Notre Dame is aggressive. I mean, they're going after it because the assumption appears to be that they think they might be able to get through a college football season or a semblance of it. With one caveat, based on conference game winning percentage. And I just wondered if you agree with me on this, it could come down to the fact where what if a team goes 8-0 or 9-0 and they can't get enough games in? They don't have the time. I mean, would that team get in over a team with one loss? Because yeah. it is based off of conference game winning percentage. 
And that's a that's something that's it's there. It doesn't say the best record. Conference game winning percentage. Mm-hmm. And that could be a team that plays less games, perhaps, given what we've seen with COVID-19. I think it's wise to point that out, certainly. And and you're right. I think the my you know, the Marlin situation scared everybody uh, across sport as to you know what the ramifications of that could be or, or what people could take away from it. Uh, but you know, here's the ACC. They've given us this, uh, you know, the the much sought after uh, refrigerator schedule that everybody clamors for. And uh, I correct me if I'm wrong. We don't know the exact layout of this. It's just no. rather the teams that you're going to play and where you're going to play them. Uh, but everybody could go look at their collective five. Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody's gonna gonna complain about the schedule one way or another. Uh, but it's uh, you know, I do think there's probably some winners and losers in this. Yeah, it is the ACC tailgate Sunday nights at 7 o'clock, Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. Uh, church day is where I come from, you know, in the south. That's when people went to church. So when you get home from church or you're headed to church, you can tune in. Catch us on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. Lawton Swan, Ingram Smith. Of course, Ingram hosts the Knoll cast, getting ready for the Florida State Seminoles. I host Clemson Sports Talk, a two-hour daily show covering the Clemson Tigers. And from that standpoint, Ingram, we knew that Clemson and Notre Dame were going to play, and even though there were some changes in schedules and even some changes in venues with some of these matchups, Clemson and Notre Dame will play. That'll still be a marquee matchup nationally, but I couldn't help but notice your Florida State Seminoles sitting there taking on the Fighting Irish now, and the fact that I can't imagine in an era where we've talked about the dollars and cents of this whole ordeal, that they didn't look out there and say, ah, you know what? Notre Dame and FSU will bring eyeballs in 2020. It's uh yeah, it's one of the teams that they can, you know, count on for unfortunately from a Florida State perspective, you can talk about this a little too frequently that you have been non-competitive and yet you still register an audience and and Florida State Notre Dame will be a game that can be put on it at eight o'clock at night and and garner eyeballs uh, in a manner that not too many other brands in this league could do so I, I wouldn't shock me at all I mean I I imagine I would love to be a, a TV executive and get their opinion of this I mean I know that more content is uh is sought after so if you've got a chance to put on you know these games that you've got uh, a better TV product and I think we'd probably be naive to think that to some component uh, some of that product didn't, or concerns of that product didn't go into the scheduling process. Ingram Smith with us here on the show today, and again, we missed him last week. Uh, you've been dealing with some off the off the field issues, but he's back, and he is uh, full throttle with us today on the ACC tailgate. And you know, it's it's one of those things, Ingram. Too, I think, from the standpoint of of college football fans. You know, with this, every fan base right now is digesting the uncertainty. Every fan base is looking at this, the the laundry list and the slate of games and saying, holy cow, what a significant difference, you know, that you may or, or may not have. And I really, in all honesty, in the hour and a half, maybe two hours this has been out, I really haven't had a chance to go through and, and decide who I think the winners and the losers are per se in the shakeup because it, it – it feels like 52-card pickup. You know what I mean? You just walked in the room with a deck of cards and threw them up, and I'm looking at it, trying to figure it out. I do know, I think Clemson's schedule got tougher. And mm-hmm. that may be me underselling Louisville a little bit here, but Clemson picks up Miami and Pittsburgh and drops off Louisville and NC State, who I think a lot of people thought NC State 
and, and Dave Doran had a chance to be maybe one of the worst teams in the league this year. Uh, so I think Clemson's schedule actually got a little bit tougher from that standpoint. I've had a chance to kind of evaluate Notre Dame's schedule because it's a real shift from what they had. And I, I think that maybe leads us to our next question, at least. And I know you've looked at Florida State's schedule for sure. I mean, from that standpoint, how do you think the Seminoles fared uh, with the maneuvers that took place today? I think they, uh, I mean, it, the challenge that's in front of Mike Norville only got all the more challenging, uh, to be honest with you. You took off uh, Wake, which, you know, with all due respect, is probably a game that you win. And uh, you replace that with uh, UVA and a trip to Notre Dame. That's, uh, you know, that's going to be all the more of a challenge uh, sure. in, in year one. So uh, Florida State's schedule only got all the more harder. Uh, and we'll have to see. I mean, I, I honestly think if Florida State wins six games this year, then you have a lot of reason for optimism about uh, what might be in the future. Now, if you're a Florida State fan, you don't like to talk about six win seasons being a success. But the truth is the truth. And uh, with this schedule, that would be a significant step in the right direction. I also think if I'm in Chapel Hill today, I'm a little bit upset with the way this shakes out. Because one, Notre Dame obviously in contention for the Atlantic Coast Conference Championship, the way this sets up. Again, it's one division this year, so you know maybe that's neither here nor there at this point. But they have to pick up a game against the Fighting Irish as well. So they'll have to square off with one of the top 10 teams perhaps in the country. And if you are North Carolina, I, I think a week ago or two weeks ago or whenever you, you kind of stop thinking that, Maybe things are going to get shifted, but when I think when you thought it was just the regular ACC slate, I think North Carolina fans thought, all right, we got a real chance to make it to the ACC championship game, get a chance to battle perhaps Clemson out of the the, uh, Atlantic division. But then when this comes down, it really feels like, given North Carolina's schedule, that Notre Dame, if the Fighting Irish, and again, these are a lot of ifs, right? We don't know how this is going to play out. We don't know what COVID-19 is going to look like. We don't know if it's going to hit a locker room and you're going to have you know Ian Book out for a game that they lose. I mean, we just don't know these things. But I think if you're in Chapel Hill today in the Atlantic Coast Conference and looking at it, you, yeah, you, you, you miss Clemson in the recycled re-up of this deal, but you got Notre Dame and that would potentially maybe give the Fighting Irish a, a leg up at some point uh, in a run towards the conference title game as well. Yeah, uh, I think it, everybody, like you said, this is a little bit of 50-card pickup, 52-card pickup. Everybody's got to come to terms with what it means for them and then what it means for the broader conference. Uh, but, yeah, you're looking at, uh, you know, like I'll just grab Phil Steele's ratings. Uh, there's all sorts of people out there, but uh, Steele has Clemson at number two in the country uh, as far as the power ratings, Notre Dame at eight, UNC at 16, and Miami at 17. And uh, we'll throw Pitt at 31 there. Um, But for UNC and Miami, two teams who kind of thought that they were going to be battling their way through the Coastal to potentially get a chance to play Clemson or whoever else may come out of the Atlantic. Uh, I think everybody has to come to terms with, you know, absent crazy events, Clemson's going to be there. And now Miami, Notre Dame, and UNC have kind of all been thrown in this round robin that'll be real interesting to see who ends up coming up uh, with a number two spot. Now, again, if you're watching the show on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Chris 
Landry football. We want to make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, and then also comment and participate. We can put those comments up here uh, on the show as well and, and bring you into the fold as we talk about everything going on in and around the Atlantic Coast Conference as the 2020 schedule model, uh, if you will, was presented earlier today. Two dates potentially for the ACC championship game, December the 12th or December the 19th, and that's based on uh, what I assume is the having to make up perhaps some games. The top two teams, based on conference winning percentage, will play for the championship. Uh, there will be a single division, five home games, five away games. Uh, as Ingram mentioned earlier, the potential to play a non-conference game. That non-conference game, however, has to take place in your home state, meaning uh, for Notre Dame, as an example, there's been a lot of talk about their matchup with Navy. The, the you know just how symbolic that game is, what that means to those two schools. That game was originally scheduled to be play uh, played in Maryland, but in Annapolis. But instead, if this holds true, this game that game would have to be played uh, in Indiana in South Bend. So I mean, there's some of this that's still going on. Obviously, a lot of moving parts. We're trying to keep up with it here uh, on the ACC tailgate and that's exactly what we're going to try to do for you as we move towards an Atlantic Coast Conference championship Uh, from that standpoint you mentioned it being aggressive Uh, Ingram my confidence that we get through 10 games based on what we saw from the MLB as I mentioned out of the gates here uh, is slim to none at this point I still feel (laughs) that way but I am hopeful that we do see some games and then that begs the question what are what is this schedule going to look like, and what are the openers? I mean, because you know everybody's kind of had in their mind's eye where they were going, who they're opening with, when they were going to play. They backed up the schedule. They won't begin until September the seventh. I kind of felt like the August twenty ninth deal that the NCAA was allowing conferences and teams to do would be a positive move. The sooner you can play without students on campus, I thought the better. But that, of course, is a one month from today. You know, twenty you know is the 29th of, of August. So from that standpoint, maybe the timeline wasn't going to work for this league. But again, everything's been shifted. And when would you expect that we'll hear a more official and definitive timeline on, on what these schedules will look like? I think it'll probably be two weeks or so. I mean, I, I think you kind of put this down, let, lay the groundwork for it, and then follow up over the next 10 days to two weeks with more specifics um it helps you know, that, it helps that fans aren't probably going to be at many of these games i mean it's not like fans can be like oh hey i have my travel plans ready no no i don't think i mean if you see more than ten thousand fans anywhere i'd be pretty surprised uh and and that may be that may be ambitious um I, you know i i would just if you're an ACC fan or if you're a broader college football fan i just prepare yourself for anything at this point i mean i'm a i'm a fan of a soccer club in Scotland, whose game got delayed uh, for three hours a couple of days ago because the COVID test hadn't come back. I mean, I think, you know, just just be flexible because there's going to be some things that uh, are impactful when it comes to this year's season that we were able to uh, otherwise never kind of dream of in our wildest, uh, wildest concepts of things that could uh, come into play when it comes to how a college football season plays out. Uh, Follow. So, yeah. What do you uh, what do you think of? the Notre Dame being included all conference schedule. What do you think of uh, them sharing the TV revenue? I mean, I certainly would think that there had to be some kind of line of agreement around all of that. And I don't know 
that uh, I don't want to be like, oh, well, Swafford got a great victory here or whatever else. It's just an interesting situation. I, I thought, you know, it, it, now at first when all this kind of started coming to light that they might be Ingram, I'll be honest, I, I was I was a little hesitant because I felt like, hey, if, if you've got to, you know, if your entire existence in college football, you've sort of ridden the side cart, don't come hopping on the main, you know, come on, on the main ride when it's time to, you know, when you, you're facing these dire circumstances. I think we're seeing BYU deal with that to a degree with their scheduling, obviously. And I don't know what their scheduling is going to look like. But the thing that, that Notre Dame has, and you mentioned it earlier, and BYU doesn't have this, is the eyeballs, the command, the Chicago market, the NBC contract. And I really felt like in a year where money is the deal, money's the deal, that any extra <laughs> millions of dollars that you can squeeze or spread amongst the teams in the league. I think you have to do it. I think it's the wise decision to make. And I think too, it presents what the future could look like for Notre Dame, which I think there is value. Uh, I, I think we mentioned this on, on the program a couple of weeks ago. You know, if you go to Notre Dame and you're a college athlete, you either a win the national title or you don't. There's no celebrating a conference title. You can celebrate wins, but heck, you can celebrate wins at New Mexico State. Mm-hmm. I mean, this could be a year. And and again, I, I think that fans in the league across the board would not want Notre Dame to win the Atlantic Coast Conference title, okay? I don't think they want them to win it in basketball when they pulled it off a couple of years ago. Uh, but I think if they were to win it and to kind of get the feeling like, oh, hey, this conference thing is not, it's not so bad, maybe that entices them in four or five years, you know, I think there maybe their deal runs out in 2025 when they can kind of reevaluate something like that. I don't, I don't have that year right in front of me, but you know, I think maybe at that point, this might be sort of that chance for them to dip their toe in the water. And I think really the, the bigger deal for me and the most important deal is the finances. And I really believe that these athletic directors Ingram have gone in and they've looked at, okay, here's what we've made. Here's what it costs us to run our fall sports. And they did put out today a fall sports calendar. And there's minimal games you can play, like six games. And I think women's soccer and men's soccer. I don't know if we get to that, I'm going to be honest with you. Because I think anything that takes away from your you know, your already loss, or I guess that would be technically adding to it, I think they're going to scrap. I think they're going to try to get out of here. Uh, you know, just you watch these shows, <laughs> you watch these shows where these people buy these houses and then they find out the house is really all, in, you know, it's a money pit and they're trying to get out. That's what, that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to patch it up as much as possible. They don't mm-hmm. want to play soccer if they can avoid it. They don't want to, because anything else is losing money. And yeah. so I think from that standpoint is why you are seeing Notre Dame Ingram be given this leeway because it's one hand washing the other at this point. And, and that's really what we got to do. And if you're right about the SEC, if the SEC ends up saying, hey, we're not playing any out-of-conference games, boy, I'll tell you what, that'll be something because I know Florida fans and Florida State fans and Clemson and South Carolina fans and uh, Georgia and Georgia Tech fans and Kentucky and and, uh, Louisville fans will be up in arms about it because those games may not mean as much as, say, uh, Michigan, Ohio State to the national contingent but buddy in the palmetto state and the sunshine state and the bluegrass state they mean something Mm, and they mean a whole lot for 365 days out of the year 
Yeah, it would be it would be a horrible thing to see. Definitely to see those line of of, of games be lost. Um, you're certainly right. I mean, not this though. There was some kind of uh, thick veil over this idea, but uh, you know, the idea that this is a business has become ever ever so uh, more exposed over the past couple of months. Not that that comes as a big surprise. Uh, I do think that it's uh, an interesting. You know, if you look at this from the perspective of the ACC network, oh boy, you just got content gold. I mean, think of how many games you just had fall in your lap, uh, how many games you'll be able to market with Notre Dame in them uh, alone. I mean, it's that if the ACC network is going to have some kind of, you know, great leap forward, uh, if you're looking for a phrase like that, then I'd be fascinated to see what the viewership numbers do this year because they, they have a chance and they have a concentration of content in a manner that they've probably never had and, and may never have again. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how this all gets parted out and the TV aspect of it. But uh, just a couple things to look forward to. And look you at. know, that's a, that's a valid point. And, and we don't know what, you know, what these TV schedules are going to look like or when games are going to be played and all that. But I think you're right because a lot of times what we deal with, with uh, these new, or I, I guess I'll call the ACC network a new network is they don't get, uh, a ton of the you know the big marquee games. I mean, they they would get a you know the the sidebar game that nobody's tuning into for the most part. But if they can parlay this into eyeballs and money, they're going to do it in any way, shape, or form. And if that means that Notre Dame and and Florida State have to play on the ACC network, you know whatever that you know, whatever that looks like, they're going to be all over it. And so. From that standpoint, yeah, I think you've got a lot you can capitalize on because you're not going to be playing uh, those traditional games that would be a wash for anybody to even view. You know, NC State taking on, uh, yeah, I, I always hate when I say something like this because you feel like you're dismissing another program. But uh, William and Mary, you know, you mm-hmm. just you, that's yeah. just the typical game that you see on the you're ACC all, network. You're all Raycom games, uh, <laughs> right? That, that back in the day, yeah, certainly, certainly. So, so yeah, I, uh, I think that I think it's all wide open, man, and it it's made this fun at least. I, I was miserable, I was miserable because of the Marlins. Thank you, Major League Baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I had been miserable, and then when we weren't hearing anything, I was miserable. But if you know, if somebody was listening uh, to my podcast or my radio show, they would know when I got kind of excited today, and that was the minute the email came through from the Atlantic Coast Conference that. We had something. That's really all we want. Hope. Mm-hmm. You know, having a little hope. So, yeah. I, I I can't wait to go through, dissect it, kind of pick apart who I think, uh, you know, make heads or tails of who got the, the best end of this deal. But for now, I mean, just kind of looking at it, I think they absolutely spent some time thinking, huh, you know what? Florida State, Notre Dame, that's a game people will watch, and we're going to put it together. I think a lot of money and and thought went into what would generate the most revenue. I do not think these names were thrown in a hopper and pulled out like lottery. I just – I don't believe that at all. They'll tell you on the record they use the same formula modeling that the NFL uses, uh, but I'm – you know. So so does everybody, supposedly in professional sports, <laughs> and yet marquee matchups seem to find their way of falling into uh, into you know marquee TV slots. So yeah, and we'll and we'll see. I think you know from this standpoint, the uh, single division too is another aspect of this that I don't think is going to be the norm moving forward. I think they'll absolutely refer back to 
or revert back to uh, the two divisions down the road and without Notre Dame, obviously. But for this season, I do think it gives you that intriguing aspect of, you know, because you always have that, that argument, hey, there's no true champion. I mean, in the, in the Coastal Division for the past seven seasons, all seven teams have played in the ACC championship game. So, you know, and sometimes people have felt that, hey, the second best team's right there in the Atlantic. I mean, this will be, a, a, you know, a chance to experiment as well from the Atlantic Coast Conference's standpoint to see how this, you know, full league play goes with one division. Yeah, um, I'll be fascinated to see. I hope that the ACC would encourage or, or would uh, entertain the idea of using this as um, an opportunity to kind of look over everything and have a solid and honest look at it. I don't know that they got the Coastal and the Atlantic right. I don't know if it's possible to get those two right when you're merging as many schools as they were. Uh, but, you know, some of the time lapses that occur in this conference between playing each other is uh, is kind of unacceptable right now. And I would uh, love for the idea of the ACC uh, to maybe just go to one big division. Who says you have to do, uh, you know, what the SEC and, and uh, the Big Ten do when it comes to conference scheduling like this? Uh, I would... I hope the inter- I hope the ACC entertains all things and and that it uh, you know uses this rather unique situation to maybe press a reset button on some broader things that have to do with the conference. Yeah, I think was it last season or the year before they all kind of start to run together. But North Carolina and Wake Forest played a non-conference matchup just to just to be able to play. And we know from the years prior to Florida State joining the league that you know those old school tobacco road matchups still mean so much to those those fans and and we just talked about you know how passionate people are about this sport and when it kind of goes away uh, you get to the point you, your breaking point is like hey we'll just play you out of the conference we don't care we want to play and and I I respect that the other thing that I've often entertained is you know when you do have that gap where maybe you have an 8 and 0 team in the Atlantic and a five and three team in the coastal. It, it, look, if you don't want to do the divisions, if you don't want to, you know, if, I mean, if you don't want to do a, a, a single division, I should say, I've always been in favor of if there's a discrepancy of two games, meaning if there's a seven and one team and an eight, no team on one side and the other team, the, the best, the other division can produce is five and three, the top two in that, singular, you know, side should go to, you know, and play again. And I think what that would get rid of is the feeling that somebody had, uh, you know, a walk in the park to the conference championship and, and this, that, and the other. I think that would make it feel like, okay, uh, you get to put a, the best possible conference matchup available in your conference championship game. Some people mm-hmm. might not like that, but that's kind of always been my thing. The discrepancy is it for me. I don't like it when it's a five and three team from the coastal taking on an 8 no team from the ACC. I think a two-game discrepancy, and you could keep your divisions and still deliver the best possible conference championship. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Certainly you could put a two-game uh, discrepancy or maybe a you know 15 to 20-spot discrepancy in the um, you know what used Polls. to be the, the AP poll or whatever sure. else. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So you could certainly address that and try to kind of Prevent yourself from some of the lopsidedness that has that has been in the the you know the ACC conference championship game. It's uh you know the ACC still kind of trying to figure out how to do this. Still you know 
until a couple of years ago, they seem to have found a spot in Charlotte to host the game. Uh, there's still, you know, it's all a real work in progress, obviously, and there's been some hits and misses. Uh, but it'd be fascinating to see what the conference does over the next 10 or 15 years. It's positioned itself competitively financially, uh, but still very much at a loss when compared to the SEC and the Big Ten. Uh, that'll be fascinating to see what the ramifications of that are over the next 10 to 15 years. Uh, but the ACC has a lot of desirable aspects and qualities about it as well. So I, I really think it could go on and be one of the more premier conferences in college athletics. Uh, and I also think there could be a pathway where the conference could, uh, I don't know, struggle for its existence is, is true, but it could, it could be in a fight for some of its bigger brands over a longer window of time. Again, we want to thank you for joining us here on the ACC Tailgate. It is a show uh, that you can watch Sunday nights at 7, Wednesday nights at 7. And again, it's on the Chris Landry Twitch channel. That's twitch.tv slash Football. You can listen to the podcast on your mobile device. Uh, you can head over to LandryFootball.com and get the film analysis that they've got going on, the inside scoop on players and teams, man, evaluating guys from high school uh, through college and into the pros. Again, uh, LandryFootball.com is the website. And, again, we want to make sure that you hit that heart button, that favorite button, that like button uh, over on our Twitch channel so that you can be abreast of when we go live and if we go live. And who knows, man, on a day like today, if we were to press that button at 4.30 in the afternoon, it would have been wide open because that's about the time that this news came rolling down from the Atlantic Coast Conference. Again, single division. Top two teams based on their – conference game winning percentage they'll play it either on december the 12th or december the 19th the acc championship up at bank of america stadium in charlotte assuming again uh, that we get there the 2020 schedule model is available five home five away and potentially a plus one out of conference and you know i i think about too ingram when we you know look at this uh, just the standpoint of guys like you and I, uh, guys in the media. And I, you know, obviously this is no time to be selfish, but I do wonder, we talk about the fans and X percent of the fans going to be there. What is it going to look like for us? What is it going to look like post-game? You've been in those crowds, those hordes. You know what it's like to get just essentially bum-rushed uh, to talk to the, the, the big player of the ball game. I don't think that happens anymore. And I, I get the sneaky feeling it, it's going to be quite different from the standpoint of the guys that cover these teams and our access as well. If you or uh, Chris Landry want to put a, a, a governor on the number of times I can reference soccer, I certainly understand it. But uh, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's worth looking to that. I think you can get some answers. Like right now, the Q&A aren't taking place. They're taking place more or less as we are communicating right now. When you're talking about the press and the manager after the game, wouldn't shock me if that's not the case. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, I don't think it hurt, it broke anybody's hearts uh, from a coaching staff perspective to see the media dates uh, canceled uh, all in all. And I think, uh, you know, schools will use this to an extent to kind of take a little bit of a step back uh, as much as possible. Now, some won't, some need as much uh, media attention as possible as is, you know, potentially there. But, uh, I, you know, if Clemson wants to limit the number of times that uh, Etienne's available or Dabo's available or whatever else, I think it's just going to make, uh, you know, this will just be a convenient storyline for him. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is 
you know, it's new. It's really new to everybody. And I think we're all monitoring and, and adjusting. And, and from that standpoint, these storylines are as fluid. I think that's the other thing about this from fans. And I think this is part of the reason people are tired of COVID-19. Honestly, it's so fluid. Like, like we might walk around with a kind of a laissez-faire attitude, like, oh, we don't have a care in the world. But I, I think a large majority of people like continuity to a degree in their life. They like sort of knowing, you know, whether that's you got a calendar in your phone or a calendar on your desk and you got the dates. And, you know, these guys that run around and they go, oh, yeah, you know, we play at Boston College October the 12th. And you're kind of like, how... I'm, I don't even know what I'm having for lunch today. How do you know what the schedule looks like in three seasons? Oh, I just I just remember them all. But from that standpoint, I think that people have kind of reached the the point where the fluidity of these things has gotten a bit annoying. And I think what bothers people is we'll hear this today. You and I will talk about it this week. And then before it even gets a chance to really settle, there, there's something new there's a new aspect and I think that's gotten old for a lot of people. So for our listeners, here's what I want you to know. We're with you. We're here for you. We're going to keep on keeping on uh, when it comes to covering the Atlantic coast conference. And if this thing ebbs and flows all season long, we're going to do that for you here on the ACC tailgate because you deserve it. And we want to make sure that we keep you updated on what we're hearing out of tiger town, uh, out of Tallahassee as well. And certainly uh, trying to, pick up the pieces of what we saw today has been quite, I think, Ingram, the feat. And I still, honestly, I mean, if somebody said to me, what do you think about Georgia Tech's matchups this year? I mean, I'd, I'd have to, I really would have to pull out the paper and start looking because that's still how new all of this is for me. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to go through tonight, I think, and kind of see if anything shifts in how I thought the divisions well even though there's none but you know what I mean how things will shake out in terms of the pecking order I really am interested to see because I thought it would be Clemson uh and North Carolina in the ACC championship game and I I don't think that's going to be the case at this point Mm -hmm. I think it's safe to say that's not going to be the case yeah it'll be really really interesting and and part of the hesitancy I think maybe for some people to do that is the uncertainty that you talk about I mean you'll get a report uh one week about COVID or its impacts or, you know, this institution might be open or this one might be closed. And, and a week later, you'll get a whole nother line of information. So it's, it's, it's hard to find any kind of consistency in general uh, in life and in where and how we should set our expectations for what's out there and what we're going to be able to do. But, you know, maybe today was some small step of normalcy uh, or of normalcy returning. And, uh, you know, people can use that, that that rather ambitious schedule that we've talked about and look at the matchups and figure out their home in a ways and try to figure out if that's even going to matter this year or if uh you know you need to look at it more from a weather perspective or whatever the you know the aspects are but uh you know today was a, a step in the right direction and you know hopefully fingers crossed we'll get as much of this in as possible ingram were you surprised that they didn't decide to play the games that that earlier, you know, August the 29th, like we know Oklahoma and Missouri State had moved their games. Was that a surprise to you that they didn't go ahead and em- embrace that aspect of what could be? A little bit, a little bit, just for the simple reason that I would think you'd want to give yourself as much room on the calendar to get this in as, as you can. Now, maybe a week or two doesn't matter. Um, maybe it does. 
And, you know, I mean, we just don't know anything right now. And uh, like you said, I think we could probably, you know, we'll, if we can look back on this in three months and not see some kind of flare up and not see some kind of situation led that, to a dramatic altering in scheduling, well, that, that would be awesome. That, but uh, at this point, I think you got to kind of plan with that in mind. And as such, I'm surprised they didn't give themselves as many days as possible to work with. Absolutely. On Twitter, he's at Ingram Smith. Make sure you go follow him. And if you are a Florida State Seminole fan or somebody that just wants to look in the backyard uh, of Florida State Nation, you can do that on his podcast, The Knoll Cast. And, of course, I'm Lawton Swan on Twitter, at Clemson Sports. All right, Ingram, final topic of the day, and I, I got the little scroll going there at the bottom. Will players opt out? I know earlier in the week I saw that Rayvon Bonner, the running back at Illinois, uh, is opting out of his senior season because of concerns from COVID-19. We have seen other players professionally. Sorry about that, Ingram. That's the uh, schedule. Uh, we've seen other players opt out uh, in you know professional sports. Um, from that standpoint, you're going to start hearing these things sooner rather than later. Do you think it becomes a large number of, of players that opt out, assuming we play football in the fall, you know, I think we both agree if things go to the spring, you'll see a lot of guys opting out. Um, but if it's fall, I mean, what, how big of an impact do you think that might have on on some of these rosters? Uh, it's hard to say. I've been surprised by some of the uh, – or maybe the amount of people that have chosen, whether it be, you know, Buster Posey in baseball or, or some of the names that we've heard in – pro football and certainly understand and respect people's decision. Uh, I do think that, I mean, this sounds cruel and harsh, but I do think there's an amount of financial certainty that exists in some of these situations that maybe doesn't for some of these college athletes. Uh, okay. doesn't mean that it right, doesn't mean anything else. Just means it is what it is. Um, I would be surprised if it became a, I, I'd be shocked if you saw more than a player or two, kind of scattered throughout the ACC that chose not to play. Well, that'll be another topic for another day because I guarantee you around the league, we're going to start to see more and more of this uh, from the Atlantic Coast Conference perspective. Again, the show is the ACC tailgate Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 o'clock. He is Ingram Smith. I am Lawton Swan. Again, make sure you subscribe and like the Twitch channel. It is twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Sports. There's an entire schedule of shows that are going on throughout the week over on the Twitch channel. So if you're a fan of the SEC or the Big Ten or the uh, Pac-12 or, or you know Big 12, it doesn't matter. We're going to have you lined up knocking them down. And we got pro coverage and scouting and film study. Man, it's just a, a bevy of things that people can get into. But if you want to talk about the Atlantic Coast Conference, Ingram and I got you covered Wednesdays at 7, Sundays at 7. Ingram, my man, always good to chat with you. I'm glad you're feeling a little bit better and uh, looking forward to, I guess, the Sunday edition of the shows. We'll be right back here on the twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football channel with the ACC tailgate, buddy. Always good to see you. I really enjoyed it. Look forward to talking on Sunday, and uh, we'll continue to try to keep our listeners as updated as possible as what's going on in the ACC. Again, follow him on Twitter at Ingram Smith. You can follow me at Clemson Sports. We're out of here. We'll be back next week. As always, y'all take care, and we'll talk to you then.